0: Welcome back to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, insights from entrepreneurs, social change makers and artists displaying how each and everyone's uniqueness makes this planet worth living on. For more, check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com. And today with me is Jenny Chinossian out of Buenos Aires. Welcome to the show, Jenny.
1: Thank you, Julian. It's great to be here.
0: Hey, Jenny, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and and tell us um, what you do.
1: Sure. So, I'm based out of Buenos Aires right now. I grew up in the US and I'm a social entrepreneur working in a digital agency that works to give great brands and causes a voice. So, we get involved in a lot of different creative projects through very different angles and we really help different agencies tell their stories. It's really Fun and exciting to have a team here. We have clients in sixteen countries, and we're always looking to to grow and to help not only the community around us but also the community around the world.
0: All right. So before we're hearing um, about this episode with Jenny from Buenos Aires, who is a social change maker, a social entrepreneur, founder of Soulfire. Jenny and I talk about the state of the world, what we can. Um, possibly improve and I want to introduce the Global Shaper series around the world, around the continents, around the countries have for planet Earth and the, the way we can create this and maybe co-facilitate that or see that so uh-huh. this very special episode has started a whole chain of episodes where, when I speak the language of the person um, I'm interviewing, I, I will ask them a question or two in their own language as well, um, just so that people get to speak in their native tongue. And uh, for those of you who are bilingual or uh, understand m- multiple languages and enjoy that, stay tuned until the end of the episode. And without further ado, here is Jenny Chinosian from the Buenos Aires hub of the Global Shapers and also the founder of a business called soulfire
1: so i'm happy and tired today because last night we had the second edition of our lumen sky concert series and this is a totally new format that we've started proposing out of buenos aires and the way that it works is it's 2 hours long and it's a free concert oriented toward youth but with no barrier for entry so anybody can come and the idea is to bring light peace and hope to buenos aires which is which are all huge topics to try to achieve in in just one little concert but it's been happening so we we've done both the design and the the strategy on, on all levels for this for this concert to take place and it involves music it involves talks and then it involves building community with people who would otherwise never get a chance to meet or talk or come from such different backgrounds that you probably wouldn't find them in the same room together and um, so it's pretty ambitious and and yet i was surprised yesterday that i felt like the sum of all our parts became much more beautiful than what we each contributed which sounds like a cliche but when you see it happening before your very eyes you're just (laughs) baffled by the awe and the beauty of it you know so wow
0: yeah absolutely um that's um that's literally literally what i can relate to myself is when i i'm an event producer um as well and the, the the sum of all of us is much greater than what we what we are individually and it is a cliche, but but nonetheless, those cliches have a lot of truth in them. So how does it look for you? How does this kind of synergy, this kind of like collaboration, um, how does that occur?
1: I actually think collaboration is a great topic because it's been on my mind a lot. As a social entrepreneur and the, the curator of Global Shapers and Buenos Aires, I feel like I've um, very often had the tendency to... Pave the path on my own, um, partly in this heroic, like, I can go forward manner, and then partly kind of in the, well, it's just easier to just decide myself, and it's way, way, way more efficient if I just lunge into it and do it. And um, I've been discovering lately that it doesn't work. You know that African uh, saying, if you want to go fast, go alone, and if you want to go far, go together. Yeah. Uh, So I think there's a lot of things that, i can learn from others and then a few that i have to experience on my own and this one i've had to experience on my own so lately with Soulfire, my agency i've started taking on partnerships so realizing that hey there's things that i don't know how to do and i'm gonna try being more, more vulnerable and admitting those you know instead of pretending like i've got it all figured out because when you scratch the surface nobody's got it all figured out um but we i've often had the temptation to make it seem like I do, you know, on, on all levels. So as a boss, um, maybe not so much with my team, because I I build up that trust, but with other agencies or with people you meet, it, you always have this tendency to be like, yeah, everything's amazing. I've got it done. I totally know what I'm doing. And it's been so liberating the past few weeks to be like, yeah, sure. There's a lot of stuff that I know, but there's a lot of stuff that I don't. Can, can you give me a hand or can you give me an advice or do you want to work together on this? And it's been beautiful to see that. So in, in Lumen, for example, right? Um, we've been doing a lot of the design, but I'm not in charge of the music. I like the music, but I have no role in deciding what the music is gonna be. Um, I have a bit of a role in coaching the speakers, but there's I have no role in lighting. There's a lot of things that they, they, they're just trusted in in a in the hands of someone that is better qualified. So I've been discovering a lot that it's um that when you're more vulnerable toward these collaborations, you leave room for somebody else to help, you know? So um with Lumen Sky particularly I find that we've it's been a lot of us putting a hundred percent. Usually you know you have this 80-20 rule where Twenty percent of people do eighty percent of the work, mm-hmm. and instead, it's been a blessing to discover. It doesn't always. It's actually rare, but we've had pretty much everyone put a hundred percent, and the effects of that kind of collaboration, where you can see that everybody is passionate enough about it to give to sacrifice things for it to work, um, is awesome.
0: Beautiful. I um it's really beautiful to me because i'm in a very similar stage in my own doing and, and creating um and realizing that like you know admitting the parts i really want or need help with actually enables so much more power and um what i'd love to understand more jenny from from you and your experience right now is you use the word trust right so how 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 do we form trust to actually say okay that's the person I'm going to, like the the lighting or the music, those are not my topics, even though I have passion in them. Um, I guess trust is beyond just their, their knowledge and their skill.
1: So I think this is also a great topic. Trust, I think, is, there's a lot to say. The, and the first thing that comes to mind is to choose wisely, right? You don't just trust anyone you run into in the street without any criteria. But once you, and I don't have the guidelines, I think, part of being a leader is to have that kind of intuitive understanding of, of of the people in front of you, because as a leader, that's how you build a team around yourself, you know? Um, but once you've determined that the person in front of you is the one that you can trust, um, I think two things are important. One is to believe in them more than they believe in themselves. And I, I would be curious to ask my team what their experience is, but I I feel like very often I'm demanding is not the word, but yeah, I I set the bar really high, but with an expectation that I know you can do it and Mm -hmm. kind of with an excitement, right? And I always emphasize a bit of an element of fun, right? If you don't achieve it or if you make mistakes along the way, nobody's going to blame you. Nobody, you know, but rather I, I believe in you. I think you can do it. We're on this, we're in this thing together. Let's go, you know. So it's not like you're being put to test. I personally don't work well. You know how I have a friend who who goes to the gym and he likes being like yelled at. You know, like give me five more abs. You're not doing good. If you do that to me, I'll run off crying. Whereas <laughs> for me, for my personality, you're like good job, Jenny. Good job. I'll be like ha, ha, like a little puppy. You know, like yes, 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 and I'll do more. So that I do to others what works with me, right? So I try to cheerlead others in a way that I believe in you, the bar is super high, I'm here if you need me, let's go. And then very often, once that trust is in place, it does get pretty hands off, like it's your your thing, you're the leader, I trust in you. (laughs)
0: Nice.
1: Um, Which, my second point, so my first point is, raise the bar high with a forgiving expectation. Toward the other person so that they have the motivation to fill up those shoes which they see in you very often you're the only person that believes in them right very often you're the only one that sees them in this light and people want to live up to this light it's happened to me in previous jobs um, and i see it i see people flourish under that gaze and then the second one is deal be prepared to deal with the consequences, right? So the first two songs yesterday, it was a two-hour thing. I hated the first two songs that they chose. <laughs> when the thing started, I was like, oh no, what's going on? And then thankfully, after that, it was beautiful, right? I mean, it goes back to what I said earlier, right? If you if you choose a good team, maybe there'll be glips a lot of things that you would not have chosen. But overall, uh, what essentially ended up happening yesterday was it got better and better and better and better until everyone was just like, wow, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so the second one is trust in the people that you have previously decided are trustworthy and, and be willing, forgive those mistakes. Is not the word because I don't think they would have called those two first songs yesterday a mistake. Be willing to forgive their criteria if it's not yours, you know?
0: Right. Which, which is possibly, you know, in my experience, that's possibly what what actually makes it a collaboration, right? Because otherwise, you'd, we'd be measuring, again, by our own taste only. And um, that, that doesn't really, like, it doesn't, well, it possibly leads to a great experience for the one leader or the one instructor or the one person who has all the power. But I'm feeling like the real collaboration happens when, when I, can completely let go of my own expectation in the moment that I'm experiencing. How is that for you?
1: I have a quote that what you just said reminded me of, and it's by Thomas Merton. And he says, the beginning of love is to let those we love be perfectly themselves and not to twist them to fit our own image. Otherwise we love only the reflection of ourselves we find in them. Yeah.
0: Super interesting. How does that relate to, um, let's, let's talk about the Global Shapers for a bit. Um, that's a, a group initiated out of the World Economic Forum, and I'm, I'm currently doing a little uh, series uh, with, with curators out of uh, Shapers hubs around the world. And I'd, I'd love to hear you um, kind of share with us, like, as a Global Shaper, how does collaboration, trusting, and being a young generation, how does it all kind of tie together?
1: So we have a super diverse group of shapers in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, which is the hub that I'm in. And we're currently recruiting for more. And that diversity, it, it exists in the previous project that I mentioned, but it, it's even more so here. And collaboration, one of the things that we struggle with toward crowd collaboration is finding something that we're all passionate about enough to sacrifice other projects for. So collaboration for now has meant finding a few projects that we want to work with together and creating opportunities for youth. So we do mentoring, we do volunteer activities and we meet on a monthly basis so that we get to know each other. And in this case, because the hub was not first born out of a friendship, but rather, you know, you, you interview, you apply, if you get in, you're kind of stuffed with this group and it's like, all right, now you're together, do things. So we figured before we could sort of jump into, well, here you are all together. And the only thing you have in common is that you've been chosen. Um, we decided to start by let's get to know each other. So, That's been a lot of fun. We have one girl who works in theater and she's been doing small improv exercises for us when we start and that is so much fun. (laughs)
0: She's
1: had us like improvise an an emergency shooting like crazy, whatever. I, I can't even describe it. She's had us improvise like ridiculous, scenes. Um, I guess I shouldn't have said the word shooting in light of the U.S. circumstances right now, but um, she has us improvise all these funny anecdotes and and stories, and that kind of breaks the ice, and it also lets each person's personality shine forth, you know?
0: Totally. Just the diversity of what what different people bring together and how that kind of makes the group. mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and also even taking time to know each other. So we, we organize official shaper meetings, which are maybe even very business-like to meet leaders or to see how we're going to have positive impact, which is definitely something we all care about, right? Uh, that's why we're here, um, but then, then on a more human level, trying to get to know each other better because that's the only thing that really ultimately bridges these gaps in ideology. There are people who work toward causes that in the beginning I'm like, what? And then you get to know them as humans and you're like, can we have a coffee? Because having, like, knowing you, now I'm curious to know how you come to think the way you do, you know? And I feel like that's, in my experience, the only genuine way for these kinds of things to happen, you know, for an ideology to become a friendship.
0: That's super interesting. and makes me very curious, Jenny, because what you're saying is, how, what makes you tick the way you tick or what makes you think the way you think and, and and very much on a human level so yes i'm a global shaper as well out of the victoria hub in canada and um of course we want to make impact of course we want to like we're committed to improving the state of the world but you know as as we're kicking off this little shaper series on this podcast i'd love to understand from you like what does it even mean like what does impact even mean and like you know what does it mean to make the world a better place because you you're touching on the human level already which that's what makes me curious like on on a global scale like we we're already in an, an era of technological advancement on an, in an era of um, technology in a way we've never experienced before so on a very human level like what is impact what is what makes this life a better life
1: you can start with just making somebody smile on the street and that counts from that's from the smallest level to the biggest level where you can organize what we're i I keep going to this project because it happened last night but it reaches thousands and thousands of people and it can be there's there's global shapers who created this trash recycling program and it was amazing because they they started Trying to volunteer to, to like clean a beach, and then they realize that they're just moving trash from one place to to not, to another. And here again, right, the 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 factor of actually trying something, learning from a mistake, admitting it, and building something bigger. I feel like so often we don't move until we have all our strategies well defined, and and instead, a lot of life is just like throwing yourself at it, hoping for the best, being willing to make a mistake, learn from it, and and take something new. So impact for them, what they've done is they've built a whole database of different kind of materials that you can recycle. And they've started collecting plastics and metals and glass and and all throughout the city, instead of just disposing of trash on the beach, they clean it and then sell it. So it's become profitable. So the idea of impact for me is something that I, that is a huge topic and something that I think about a lot, because I feel like we've been We've been given a lot and I want to make sure that I, I, I wonder this every day, right? When I look, day that I die, when I look back, am I going to think that I used well the life that was given me um, or will I feel like I I wasted my time? And, and that can be defined in so many ways, right? Like, is it a waste of time if you don't help others? Is it a waste of time if you're not happy? Is it a waste of, you know, so I'm still kind of playing with what those criteria going to mean for me but it's a, it's an ongoing question and i something that i find interesting about impact is it can be born in one of two ways it can be born from an idea to like quick we need to help what are we going to do we need to have impact we need to have impact run what how are we going to help you know um and i think that's valid but it's not as beautiful as the initiatives that are born out of love so I have friends. I have there's a there's a priest I know in Paraguay. His name is Father Aldo. He's Italian, but he 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 moved there and he spent ten years being depressed. Right? It's kind of a gritty story. It's not flowers and butterflies. He, he was sent there kind of miserably. He spent ten years being depressed, and then one day the the cops came to him with a homeless person who was dying, and he, he they're like, "Can you do something with this with this guy?" He's like, uh, sure. So he took care of the guy. And then the next week they came with another homeless person. So he ended up setting up a homeless shelter. One of the homeless women had a daughter. She also had AIDS. So she was dying and she said, can you take care of my daughter? So he has this baby in his hands and he's like, what do I do with this? So that led to an orphanage. So now he has a hospice, a hospital, an orphanage, a school, Uh, a shelter for teenage girls who have been abused i mean the list is endless but it starts out of a loving reaction to reality and to the circumstances in front of him rather than him sitting in his living room being like quick i must have impact where am i gonna have impact (laughs) you know
0: um absolutely you were just sharing a beautiful quote with us earlier and what just came to mind while you shared that that story um is a quote from Werner Earhart, which is one of my favorites. And he says, you don't have to look for love if love is where you come from.
1: Peace, I like that.
0: Like, yeah, we can, we can have impact from our minds and like, let's create this, and let's make some change. And like, clearly like plastic isn't good. So let's like get rid of plastic bags or whatever it is. Like there's a lot in that direction that, that actually is sensible and we should certainly pursue. And at the same time, when we take the time to come from love and listen to the love that's there, that's inside of us, that wants to be expressed between us, I think in my own experience, that's when we truly unleash the power of what it means to be a human. Because being wow. a human alone, yeah. like just being Julian is, is, is well, it's maybe a great part of the human experience, but it's, it's really just a singular perspective. And the moment that I connect with love, with my friends, my family, my, um, my co-workers, my, my fellow shapers, something magical happens that's way beyond what I can do.
1: Yeah. And I think I'm still revising this hypothesis, but I'm pretty certain that we throw this word love around a lot. I feel like if it's passive, it doesn't really mean that much, right? Like if love is this feeling that you have in your living room or in the field or after having some experience fear, you know, I feel like that does that's not as valuable to me as active love. And active love doesn't have to be like my grandmother shoving food in my face every time she sees me. There's different kinds of active love, you know? But it can be like reaching out to a global shaper when they're sad or or recognizing the people that surround us in Argentina. There's a lot of a lot of people living in slums, um, and then a lot of people not living in slums, and those people don't tend to talk, they don't tend to meet each other, you know. And then even even all issues, right, corruption, climate change, whatever, I think everything can be boiled down to this, this I mean, at the risk of sounding very hippie. Um, kind of awareness within oneself that that's a love that is active right so it's not just I have a great feeling or I agree with that idea that sounds great and then I kind of turn around and it lasts for half an hour and then I'm back to wherever I was before you know
0: absolutely well so the way I see the world I see that we all we all have special superpowers inside of us or um, like almost like superheroes inside of us and we just talked about love quite a bit um, and, and the way how that Really has the potential to, to change the world if we actively apply it like Jenny, what would you say is your own superpower like what is the superhero that's inside of you?
1: so I don't know I don't know how I would define that, but I do take pride in feeling like I quickly understand the person in front of me for a while. I used to call it being chameleonic like I could understand especially at work as a designer like I understand exactly what your vision is and I can put it on paper in a way that you didn't even describe but I understood fundamentally what you wanted even beyond your words right um the problem with being a chameleon is that then you have no identity of your own so I'm still working on I'm still working on how I'm going to rephrase that analogy so that I can you know maybe be a tree I don't know sort of be be myself with a with a my grandfather would always stand tall and he was always very ethical and morally looking for the right thing to do but not even he wasn't even searching for it he knew what it was and he was always you know he always did the right thing i'm sure he was human and he made mistakes but ethics and morality played a great role in him and i want to be that's something that I aspire to be, you know, the kind of person that makes those difficult, correct decisions, which is, you know, that's more like a tree than it is a chameleon, right? A chameleon actually, like goes with I the like way. the met- metaphors
0: you're using. Um, <laughs> I certainly played with the chameleon identity, uh, having lived in, in different countries and different languages. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it feels like we, we just kind of change with the environment around us. And I think there's a truth to that, um, mm-hmm. but also there's a huge power in what you just shared. Like there's an intuition behind um making these choices from a like chameleon perspective or a a tree's perspective there's a huge part of intuition that that plays a role in order to understand the design that's going on in somebody else's mind and what i'm learning more and more personally is that my ethics and my values are what help me be strong in my intuition Hmm. because if i don't have my ethics and my own values clear like how can i listen to the voice inside of me how can i even trust that voice inside of me
1: yeah yeah, definitely.
0: Well, let's change it up a little bit. Um I have a a big question for you because for me, like talking about the state of the world is 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 one thing and is very needed, and I really love to understand people's dreams, people's visions, people's like moonshot or like their big picture, big audacious goal that that they they don't even dare to share but they know in their heart of hearts is, is what they want to experience. So, Jenny, if you had thirteen point seven billion dollars thirteen point seven billion randomly because that's the number that is on your bank account, what would you do with it?
1: Where did you come up with that number? <laughs> no, you just came up with it
0: it's it's just so. a random number i, I think I think thirteen point seven just because that's an amount that's so vast and so large that basically any earthly problem that we think is why we can do what we want to do is obsolete so let me rephrase the question maybe if you could do anything you wanted with any money you needed for it what is it that you'd want to see on this earth
1: so i think the most obvious first things to tackle would be poverty um disease insofar as as research but also available medicine, right? There's there's medicines that cost $1 and are yet not being distributed or not researched because they're not profitable enough. So or the logistics behind food is great. It's not even that we lack food. We like the the systems and and corruption and all these things in place to make sure that everybody has a decent life. So priority number 1 um I have a great quote for this but I can't remember. And it said something along those lines of, we need to care for our brothers and and material needs are the first and kind of easiest things to, to address. I would start there. And then I would, I think another huge part is once the basic, you know, material, human, individual needs have been met and then behavioral, all the things that lead to climate change have been met, um, both in terms of our individual behaviors as well as what, he, what we expect from brands and companies and politicians. I don't know if it, you know, I, I say this in disorder because we keep thinking of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right, you go from the bottom to the top, and then finally, you go from basic needs to mediums, and finally, ultimately, to transcendence. Um, there's a There's a great group in Paraguay that makes musical instruments out of trash. And they don't have their housing needs settled. They don't have necessarily food every day. They're kind of at the basics. And yet they've, they've, they've come up with this program that creates from trash instruments, teaches these kids music. And I feel like they've inverted that pyramid and gone straight to transcendence, which has been topic number one of interest to me you know i feel like we're living in a crisis of hope right now and we don't hope that our maybe in small little groups maybe with shapers we we do hope that the world can be a better place but i think as a as a society and even on an individual level there are a lot of things we don't ultimately really wake up every day and think that we have a chance of being happy you know we go through the motions, we we kind of do what we think will lead us there. You're like, oh, well, I have a good, if I have a good job, if I do these projects, if I have impact. We have all these ideas of how we're ultimately gonna be happy, but we all I feel like we lose the hope that through them we will end up being happy. We get so absorbed in our in our everyday. Um so if if I could <laughs> if I had unlimited funds, I would have my little concert series reach the whole world is one of many tools toward um, tackling this issue along with others, right? I mean, one size does not fit all, but I think um, there's a deep hunger for, for transcendence and for answering the bigger questions in life. Sometimes if you have all the resources you you might want, you have too many toys with which to distract yourself from the biggest questions. So definitely make sure that people aren't suffering, but then also realize that you might have all the resources and that doesn't answer anything, you know?
0: I totally totally hear you. I think this is a very real description of what's happening in the world. You have countries like Paraguay, where there's people inventing musical instruments out of trash, and then you have countries like the United States or Germany or wherever else you go, where people have everything everything they could possibly materially ask for and still there is this this feeling of dissatisfaction right it's yeah i i think actually it, it's daniel pinchbeck who says like we live in a world where there's so much satisfaction but nothing satisfies yes. and it's it's very real for for me personally years years of like looking at words like transcendence and what it actually means i'll maybe share a, a tiny bit About my personal story with that. I feel like when I took the weight off the word transcendence and used the word transformation, something really clicked. Because transcendence almost is like a concept that happens once and then you get it, you know? Well, I don't think that's the truth. The truth is it happens all the time, every day, right now, you know? And transformation is really that. So your your moonshot, your vision of like that's what I just heard you share of bringing transformation and social change or social impact to people through music, even though we might say, well, music already is everywhere, I think it's it's a huge vision. And um, actually, the first guest I ever had on this podcast, his name is John brancy he, He's a, a professional opera singer. Um, I highly recommend listening to that episode if you haven't yet. He, he said something very, very powerful. And that is, when more people are singing, more people are harmonizing nice when he said that it it changed literally the way i understand song and voice and sound there is a there's almost like one of the, the spiritual teachers i follow says that he says sound equals intelligence and there is some some form of intelligence understanding or like a pathway to transformation that we get through sound and the way we interact with with sound with our own souls and with
1: each other that reminds me of something great a few years ago i was in church and the priest said try to sing in tune and at the rhythm of the person beside you and it seems really simple but it's so different even if you go to any like a rock concert wherever you go right you can either be like screaming at the top of your lungs to your own tune or you can you can still sing loudly, but are you aware of the people around you? And are you trying to harmonize with them? You know, um, I was I, I recently had a very brief uh, tango class here in Buenos Aires, and the teacher was saying, if you dance salsa, you kind of meet each other at the beat. You know, um, you know the move, and you put you want, you know one leg to the right, one leg to the left, and and, and your thing with tango um you there there aren't these set steps there's definitely a few options of how you move your feet but you have to be constantly listening to the other person's body um so that you can figure out what they want and where they're going and so you can't meet them at the beat you have to be constantly aware of of the person you're dancing with and i thought that was beautiful
0: i have three more questions for you and I would love to start asking those questions in Spanish because Spanish is your um, vale. your other language, right? I don't know if it's your first language or your second language. You said you grew up in the States? Uh,
1: well, I, think I I don't know myself either, actually, because I grew up... I was born in Argentina, but I went to a Scottish school here, so they're, they're intertwined.
0: Claro, entiendo. Entonces, vamos a cambiar el, el, el idioma. Entonces, um, Jenny... ¿Qué significa la felicidad para ti?
1: Esa pregunta estoy activamente tratando de entenderla y creo que, bueno, ojalá que no, pero creo que me va a llevar toda la vida. Eh, Si tuviera que definir las hipótesis que tengo hoy, a los 30 años, en el 2017, sería tener paz interior, y eso viene de, de una coherencia entre lo que uno dice, piensa y hace. Tener vínculos afectivos profundos y verdaderos con los que podés compartir. Eh. Pa- para mí es muy importante sentirme entendida en todos los canales. Entonces, hay gente que tiene el amigo para el cine, el amigo para el baile, el amigo para charlar. Y a mí me hace muy feliz cada vez que encuentro amigas que tienen todos los canales, ¿no? Que con la misma amiga puedo hablar del trabajo, del impacto, de la espiritualidad, de Dios, de, o sea, cuando, bueno, en realidad tener vínculos afectivos de todo tipo, pero más, cuanto más enriquecedor sean que uno pueda dar y recibir, eh, creo que empieza, empieza por ahí.
0: Jenny, tú como, como una persona de Argentina, pero también una persona mundial. ¿Cómo, ¿Cómo piensas que se ve eh, el país Argentina en el mundo?
1: Sabes que lo, lo, lo primero que me recuerdo es que estuve en Londres hace poco saliendo de, de, de una misa y una chica me dice en inglés, ¿de dónde sos? y le digo de Argentina y me dice, ah, yo tengo una amiga de Sudáfrica <risa> Y le dije, no, 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 no. Eh, Así, cada vez que me subo a un taxi cuando iba a Argentina me dicen, Messi. Así que tengo una experiencia muy graciosa de ser argentina en el mundo, creo yo. Creo que, para serte sincera, mucha gente no tiene ni idea. Me preguntan si se habla portugués. Eh, Esa es la, la, la respuesta totalmente verdadera
0: de que no estamos hablando en de... portugués,
1: ¿no? No, portugués no sabría hablar. Y al margen de eso, la gente que conoce un poco más, yo creo que sí nos ve como un país muy, muy rico en, en muchos recursos. Tenemos de todo, montañas, glaciares, bosques, petróleo, mar, agricultura, realmente, minerales. Realmente es un país impresionante, grande cálido, Eh, arquitectónicamente Buenos Aires es muy lindo también, así que creo que quienes nos conocen eh, aprecian eso, aprecian la innovación. Nosotros en Argentina tenemos lo que solemos llamar cintura, y cintura quiere decir eh, poder adaptarse, como hay siempre cambios socioeconómicos, cada dos por tres hay una crisis o una corrupción. Siempre tenés que mover la cintura de un lado o del otro para poder que no te pegue lo que está por venir y, y esquivarlo y encontrar una manera para seguir caminando. Eh, creo que laboralmente eso es un muy, muy gran plus. Eh, muchas veces contratan CEOs de Argentina porque tienen una buena educación y esta flexibilidad para adaptarse a cualquier circunstancia que venga. Que, que en vez de asustarse, ya, ya viste para progresar tenés que encontrar la manera de adaptarte. Creo que eso nos caracteriza mucho de los latinos, pero bueno, hablando de Argentina en particular, eh, yo creo que eso es una experiencia muy grata de ver en, en, en los argentinos.
0: Jenny, yo tengo una última pregunta que es mi pregunta favorita. Es, es la pregunta por qué inicié ese, ese podcast y la pregunta es si ¿sí teniamos una visión para el planeta, una visión eh, una visión hum- humana para el planeta y una visión que digamos 200, 300 años al futuro, ¿si?, ¿sí? ¿cuál era tu visión, cuál, cuál fuera tu visión para este mundo, ese planeta Earth, Tierra, no sé cómo se dice, el planeta Pachamama?
1: <risa> um... Mira, me cuesta mucho responderte de acá a 200 años, porque no sé ni qué voy a hacer de acá la semana que viene, que voy a comer ah, y voy a <risa> Pero hay que pensar en largo plazo, hay que plantar árboles en los cuales nunca vamos a sentarnos, así que coincido con, con la idea. Eh, me parece importante tener, empezar a encontrar maneras que la tecnología se humanice, estamos entrando en esta cuarta revolución industrial, Hay mucho miedo al respecto de si los robots van a reemplazar el trabajo de, de las personas. Sí. Yo creo que así como nos adaptamos a las revoluciones anteriores, generando otro tipo de trabajo, también podemos tomar esta oportunidad para generar trabajos más humanos, más centrados en valores. Sueño con un mundo de acá a los años que haga falta. ¿no? Donde Y creo que si bien en, en las noticias lo que más se ve es lo negativo, yo creo que cada vez más hay un awakening de las personas hacia, hacia los buenos valores, la conciencia, el, el, el trato más humano, porque cada vez falta más y va a seguir faltando más. En, a medida que la tecnología crezca, va a seguir faltando más y nos vamos a sentir más vacíos y vamos a empezar más a buscar qué, qué puede satisfacernos que, que la tecnología no. Entonces sueño con ciudades inteligentes, un mundo que no esté contaminado, que seamos responsables con con el planeta Tierra que tenemos. Eh, Teniendo en cuenta también eh, esto de de la ética y y de de lo que caracteriza el humano. Muchas veces me trauma la la película Wilde de Pixar, que que están todos sentados, que, que ya no pueden ni siquiera mover los músculos, están sentados en unas sillas, en una nave espacial, no saben que la zanahoria crea, crece de la tierra y, y viven todo a través de sus pantallas. Así que me, me recuerdo mucho eso y digo, uff, nos estamos convirtiendo en eso. Mm. Eh, creo que mientras que tengamos la conciencia de que la tecnología nos sirve, a nos, nos tiene que servir a nosotros y no nosotros a la tecnología, yo creo que si empezamos a tener una perspectiva más a largo plazo, Muchas de las, de las conductas careless que estamos teniendo ahora hacia el planeta se pueden corregir, ¿no? Porque yo creo que muchos de los errores que cometemos ahora es porque buscamos nuestro propio interés al corto plazo y decimos que el resto se las arregle. Así que sueño con un mundo que, que también sea coherente entre lo que dice, piensa y hace, y que nos cuidemos... A la Tierra y a nosotros. Suena, suena un poco utópico, pero bueno, eso es lo que me gustaría.
0: Muchísimas gracias para, para esas uh, respuestas. And you know, the funny thing that I'm taking uh, note of and that like, I'm becoming aware of is that the world you're, you're wanting to see is, is how we started this conversation. It's, it's a reality where the impact comes from working together and knowing one's own values and, and letting letting love be the way it it wants to express. And I think that is why these questions are so funny because like, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen next week. I have no idea. In fact, I don't even know what's going to happen next. (laughs) Um, And at the same time, there's so much desire and vision and heart in all of us. And so let's, let's help each other express it.
1: Absolutely.
0: Soul soul fire.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, and I think combining these two things, right? These, Hopeful dreams for the future and the vulnerability to say, when necessary, I don't know and I'm scared. Can you give me a hand?
0: Nice. Wonderful. Well, let's um, give each other a hand then through, throughout the planet um, from Victoria in Canada to Buenos Aires. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank and you, um, yeah.